March 3rd, New York City, 4.30 a.m. I'm taking a bath, and I think this is a very comfortable situation to record a podcast. This episode will be about teachers I had in my life and how they influenced me and how I reflect on it now, 30 years later. So what is a teacher? And I will title this episode, Good Teacher, Bad Teacher. In other words, you know, you are an art world, you're a creative person, so you presume to be learning from somebody who is spiritually enlightened, somebody who knows the secrets, besides the technology, besides, you know, you, I'm not going to teach you anatomy because you need to buy a book about human anatomy, you understand? But I can explain to you why this is so important, you understand? I can lead the horse to the water, but if you don't do the work, you know, nothing is going to get done. So my art education uh, started when I moved to a bigger city at age 14, right? 14, well, almost 14. And I started going to this uh, big studio provided by the government. And the manager of the studio, who had like a group of three or four uh, artists that were painting banners for the city, and, you know, political thing, they're all communists. No, no, he, they, they were not communists. They were actually anti-communists. Because in artist society, there's always this feeling of underground, going, doing something against the society in bigger or smaller extent. So the man who was running the show, his name was Vidorsky, Polish guy, Vidorsky. And he had this nervous damage disease when he didn't control some of his muscles. But nevertheless, he graduated Academy of Visual Arts, became a prestigious artist, manager of this big government studio. He organized big art shows in this building, which I was a part of, uh, group shows, not solo shows. And he organized uh, summer and winter plein airs for three weeks and a government resort. Everything provided. Box of paints, like 12 little tubes and two canvases. And after three weeks, the government gets to pick, well, a special jury gets to pick uh, one out of those two canvases they gave you. So linen canvas. We didn't paint on cotton canvas. So he would, you know, look over my shoulder and he was very gentle about giving tips. He was not invasive. Ultimately, I asked him, what do you think? And he started giving me little tips like once a week, twice a month, you know, <clears throat> as long as I sort of gather a group of drawings I did in the past two weeks and there was this wall with plywood and you attach your latest drawings uh, with pushpins on a wall, and when he passes by, he can say a few words, you know, to work on a perspective, to work on shadows, to work on rhythms, rhythms of nature, how to express it with your line. So all the technical issues, you know. He was not very spiritual about art, okay? Uh, the spiritual guy was this guy who had polio when he was three years old. His legs didn't grow. His name is Piotrowski, and he organized the whole school I didn't have to pay for classes. He organized the whole school, like 20 kids, you know, teenagers, high school kids, many dropouts from high school, and were coming to see him and show him the, their paintings. And I started going, yeah, and he started very passionately. He, I, start, I was paying attention. I was interested in Byzantine technology, how to paint icons, how to gesso the wood, 15 layers, and last six layers get polished by agate, you know, the stone, semi-precious stone. 
and how do the gold leaf, you know, how to make oil paints, you know, the whole philosophy behind linseed oil and how to mix with different oils like walnut oil to make it dry slower, even slower than oil paints. Because the philosophy behind oil technology is to procrastinate the latest brush strokes you made as long as you can. So you can go back to this painting a month from now and wipe it off because it's still fresh. But you need to cover it sort of because so the dust doesn't get stuck. I made many mistakes in my teens, you know, I left it there and the dust and the, and the hair got stuck on it. Many paintings were amazing, but they got dust stuck on it and hair. So, uh, so Piotrowski, you know, was on his hands. He's, he's walking on his hands. He's like 20 years older than I. And uh, didn't have polio vaccine in 1950s when he was born. So, uh, he was very passionate about Rembrandt drawings. And, uh, and many, and he was spiritually enlightening. You understand? He he was able to build up curioso in a young person to get involved in more painting, more thinking about it, reading actual biography. He inspired me. He told me to read Vincent van Gogh letters to his brother Theo. And uh, that changed my life. That changed my perspective. I was reading it over and over throughout high school. And then I heard of Leonardo da Vinci notebook. So I picked up their two volumes available, black and white in Poland. And now in America, you have Dover publishers, cheap, like five bucks or 10 bucks each. Completely, you know, two, two volumes, Leonardo da Vinci uh, notebooks with crappy sketches, but you get an idea. You don't need really anything better. And uh, so throughout my high school, I also went to Academy of Visual Arts, the most prestigious uh, institution of fine art education in Poland, in Warsaw. You know, nobody can get in there. You know, there, there are like 400 people per seat. They accept 12 people and there are like four, 5,000 portfolios being mailed in and they pick only 400 for the exams. So they accepted me and after high school, you know, and, uh, and I went there. But two last two years of my high school or last three years, I started going there to Warsaw, traveling on a train, three or four hours on a train, arriving late at night on Friday and staying at the students' uh, dorm with my friends and then going to see an assistant and the following day they had open day for outsiders so you would show your drawings and an assistant or professor somebody really with 30 years experience top niche you know the really somebody who knows what he's talking about well he he got a job at teaching at academy of visual arts and he will give you a few tips he will spend 10 minutes with you and you will be overwhelmed of course you need to take notes because everything this person says it's it's a project for a year or for two years so you come back in six months with a bunch of new drawings and paintings and he or some other guy will see you and say i thought you're gonna be i'm gonna see you in two years no sir i got new new paintings so the more you work the more you progress you understand they give you subject matters to work good teacher 
regardless who he is personally. Lately, with this situation in Europe, you know, everybody is blaming me to be XYZ, having political opinion. I don't have political opinion, okay? I just received some information uh, from Russia, and obviously Russian media is blocked by Western media, so no Russian information is available to American citizens or Europeans. Everybody's reading, you know, trashy newspapers who are propagating specific way of thinking. And uh, and that's all you got, you know. Uh, but there are ways to find things out. So, but I am not a political. I'm not taking any political sides. I'm not even Republican or Democrat. I am an artist. I'm an independent soul. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying who is right, who is wrong. I'm sharing information on Instagram and other media. What I have learned, you know. I and you have to put your own mind into it and figure this out yourself, you know. There's a lot of crap in, in, in the news, by the way, and you need to sort it out, okay? So, going back to, to teachers, good teacher, bad teacher. Oh, boy. So, you know, personality defects, whatever they are, like this guy with, with the muscle spasms, you know, um, the, the director, the manager of the studio, he was selling paintings that belong to a government legally uh, for cash, for private collectors. You know, somebody wealthy, local wealthy, would come in and pay like three months taxi driver's salary, and he would, you know, sell him a landscape that was painted two years ago by some artist on one of the plein airs. So he was corrupt in his own way, but that was his way to make a little cash on the side. You know, the whole system was corrupt. The mayor of the city, everybody, everybody, cops were taking bribes for red lights, for stop signs, everything. Oh my God, everybody. When I bought my real estate, you know, I basically gave a bribe, you know, to this agricultural uh, institution that owned the building. The guy was alcoholic, and, and I gave him a vodka and a few hundred dollars, and he cut me the same price he bought it, he, the, his company bought it for. So what I'm trying to say, the whole system operated based on cash favors, li literally. You know, if you want to have a surgery on 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 uh, before two years is over, because the line is two years to have a surgery, you're going to die. You need to give a bribe to a doctor, literally $300, which makes his three month salary. The doctor who is the surgeon in the hospital, his salary officially is $150 a month and the cleaning lady is about $90 a month, okay? And so if you give this bribe, this $300 to the surgeon, you're going to have a surgery next week. And this is how things were in the 80s in Poland. Oh my God. The people adapted to the system of semi-socialism and semi-democracy. You know, this pretend socialism pretend democracy, pretend freedom, but everybody was on a take. This is how it was. So should I, you know, dismiss his teachings because I think he's, you know, doing wrong thing? No, he's a good teacher. He's, I'm, 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 I'm getting out of him what I need. You understand? Later in Academy of Visual Arts, I, I got to know those assistants and professors who gave me the, the lectures, the corrections before I, uh, 
I got into Academy of Visual Arts, I realized they're crazy bitches. Oh my God, this guy is a cocaine addict. He's very successful all over the world. Big conceptual paintings, like never there, never at school, always in Paris, always in London, New York. You know, he's one of the fathers of conceptual art in Poland. He's like a religion today. Oh my God. But he was like out of his fucking ass. You know, this guy just cooked bananas but that I realized later at Academy of Visual Arts and and the, the sculpture the guy who was teaching me sculpture for a year I, I had to take side projects so I had sculpture ceramics ceramics guy was cool I, I don't know any corrupt shit about him but the sculptures guy I know he stabbed people to get government orders he had huge projects mosaics in a in a parliament building you know we're talking about big money one project takes six months to do you can buy a villa you can buy like 10 bedroom five bathroom villa on the shore of a lake or something like this you understand so he was you know bearing people with his bare hands because his opinion as a as a dean of department of sculpture and I made friends with him and then later I learned from gossip you know that's what he does and I went to a couple private parties he threw in his studio and I he got drunk and he vomited all over the place but uh, but he was a good teacher you know you're standing there making this clay head of your pal you know he's making your head portrait in clay and you're making you know he your friend's head and later you have to cast it in concrete for instance I casted it in concrete. So, you, and he comes by and he looks at it and he gives you tips. Just few words. But those few words are essential to keep on working. You understand? They're like, you know, you need to observe the texture of the skin. You need to diversify. I'm talking about sculpture now. The, the strokes with your knife. So you don't sculpt with your fingers, but with knives, with tools. So the stroke you, you apply over the cheek needs to be different than the stroke you apply over the forehead. Because all forehead has a different texture in nature. So you understand? So you, he gives you those tips that are very valuable. And this is what I want in school the most breathtaking experience in my in my two years of education at academy of visual arts in warsaw was this bizarre paradoxical personality there after a year i think there was this guy who would come in once a month stink like homeless looks like a bump and stink like alcohol you know and had a bottle of vodka in his pocket and i would step out from a studio to smoke in the break time models are taking breaks every 50 minutes for 10 minutes so i would step up we used to smoke in the studios you know a group of 20 people open windows and some people who don't smoke used to complain but we didn't care so i would do a favor i would step out in the hallway and smoke in the hallway and sit down on the bench and this guy would just move to your bench sit next to you and start talking like starts talking about essence of art and that was another dimension you think vincent van gogh was passionate about art and he opened the doors for 20th century uh, art conceptually and emotionally and spiritually yes 
But this guy was a next level. He was not a poet, but he was well outspoken. And after a while, I started asking, who the hell is this guy? You know, every time I'm just sitting, listening, listening, listening. And I remember his statements till today, because what he said changed the course of my life. And I ask people around, what the, what's his problem? Who is this guy? Apparently, he's an alcoholic, but he's very successful with his watercolors all over the world. They're sort of expressionistic, a little primitive, but very vivid. And I've seen some of his works at that time. And I thought, well, okay, very interesting. But but his intellectual, spiritual understanding of art, like a stranger comes to you on a bus stop and explains to you the meaning of life. And it's a shocking experience because you've been studying philosophy for three years. You've been inquiring from all the religions and suddenly some bump, some hobo, you think, is telling you something that blows your mind away and changes your perspective on creative process, on how to be an artist and what artist is, period. So that was mind-blowing. And of course, later in my life, I <coughs> went to see Salvador Dali in Spain, but that was a short meeting. He was, you know, in a wheelchair, barely, barely moving, barely thinking and talking. He looked at my drawings. I mean, I was holding them. He said, go with God, anda con Dios. Very, very metaphorically, metaphysically. You have to accept these bizarre personalities of artists, teachers. They're weirdos. They're fucking crazy people who can't fit in within the society because they have very original way of thinking, very original way of painting. In my life, in 30 years in New York City, I met some superstars of contemporary American art. I'm not going to throw my, their names, it's not important, but they are not normal people, you understand? They are not your pop and mom, you know, nice and sweet and, and all pussy-wussy. No, these people are going to tell you the truth in your face and laugh with you about it. You understand? And this is the way of learning the truth. You want the truth? Well, here it is. So your experience with my education, the way I present it, try to understand. This is one of million ways to present art education. This is my way. You're welcome to enjoy it. But keep in mind, as years will go by, there will be no Spotify, no no Instagram, no Twitter, no, no how do you call it, TikTok. You will find other resources to get inspired, to go on. But ultimately... You are your own infinite well of inspiration. If it's not so, then I don't know what is. You are here to listen my opinion. And I share my technical knowledge here and on YouTube. I'm trying to post longer videos. And, and go home, take it home, use it or don't use it. Come back or you don't have to come back. If you didn't learn anything from it, then, then you have no reason to come back. What I'm trying to tell you, throughout your life career, as an artist, as a creative person, you will run into most bizarre personalities. And the funny part about it, the gallery owners are also trying to be bohemian, so to speak. You know, they dress up funny, they wear funny glasses, all these art critics, 
they are creative because they wrote a few paragraphs about this bizarre artwork being exhibited at the Museum of Modern Art and they got paid for it and they got credits and everybody loves them and hugs them and kisses their ass and they dress up like weirdos. Everybody's trying to be creative or pretend to be creative. As I flip pages on Instagram, I don't see anything original. Everybody's pretending to be someone else. Everybody's reflecting general public uh, trends, as they say. What is trendy? What is trendy? Who the hell cares? what is trendy. You are trendy. You are the trend. You are here to create the trend. You are the kind of people who creates trends. You don't follow trends. You have enough. You have what it takes to create a trend in fashion, in, in, in art, in philosophy, in literature, in poetry. This is your job. This is your destiny. There is no way back. Thank you.